You're listening to Backstage Pass with Alford Media. Your behind-the-scenes look inside event tech and what it takes to turn visions into reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Backstage Pass with Alford Media. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. We explore plenty of topics on this podcast, from the internal journey, like Alford's storied history, and the power of internal communication platforms like Alford Access. We also look at outward trends, like the complete digitization and network conversion of live events. And today we stay looking outward at those live events. We're playing off of the technology that's changing those live events and looking more holistically at what the effect is and how the end user experience for live events is changing too. I'm pleased to welcome for the first time Dan Thompson, Senior Account Manager for Alford Media. Great to have you on, Dan. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Is this your first podcast or have you been on one before? I've been on a couple. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. What have you chatted about before? Uh, Primarily uh, things like comic book topics, uh, punk rock, uh, various topics like that. Okay, well, we might have to round this podcast out with some comic book talk. Ah, there I'm not you gonna, go. Not going to shy away from that. So, Dan, um, let's just jump into the main topic here. When you say that live show entertainment is changing, what do you really mean? Like, at its core, what is really changing about the live event experience? I'll go back and say not just in entertainment. Uh, yeah. Live show applications as a whole are mm-hmm. changing, and it's in several different areas. To begin with, obviously, there is the evolution of technology, which, of course, makes everything more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, PA systems are becoming easier to hang uh, as opposed to putting 50 speakers up in a room, now we're putting 12, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. We're able to direct and target them more appropriately. That's all a technical solution, as well as some of the other things in video, lighting, etc. cetera. Uh, then, of course, there's the client expectation based upon what they're getting at internet speed out there. Uh, a lot of people are beginning to realize that maybe I don't need to have a live show. I can just stream it, right? And then all of my attendees can watch that. Mm -hmm. So there's always the streaming aspect uh, that is coming into play. Then there's the multiple screen approach. Uh, You've seen any number of times, whether you've gone to a concert or you've gone to any kind of live event, people holding up phones to catch video, to catch something like that. People are engaged with their phones all the time during a presentation, afterward. So having multiple screen type solutions that further engage them uh, is a real benefit to that type of event. Uh, We're finding that is becoming more and more prevalent. With the rise of analytics in in the computing and data industry, we're seeing many more applications that are just beginning to come to light as to how companies that would give presentations can now get true user data. So these are all areas that we're beginning, we're jumping into. Would you say that the focus on attendee engagement and making sure they have a really focused and engaged experience has changed in the last several years? Or Mm -hmm. has there been a redirection that the whole industry is now focusing more attention on that side of the live event experience? I think the industry as a whole is beginning to focus on that because yeah. you, you can no longer be a passive viewer right. anymore. 
you don't just simply watch a, a video on Netflix. Suddenly you've got your phone up and you're looking at data. You're looking at, at synopsis and character information. Uh, so all of this data is available to you at any given time, which is creating that multiple screen experience. Mm. Uh, we're seeing that a lot. Also, given the idea that people are used to immersing themselves in so many different environments, that is coming to play in the live event industry as well, uh, in that you simply may not be a passive viewer. You may not sit there and listen to a speech by a guy at a podium. It literally right. becomes uh, put on you know, put on your, your AR headset right. now, and we're going to see this character on the other side of the stage. Right. Uh, that sort of thing is beginning to happen frequently. Um, there are literally situations in which they may decide to have a quiet session. No PA system in the room. Everybody's on wireless headsets. Wow. Uh, so all of this sort of approach is coming into play, and people are becoming much more involved in their data and their presentation. Would you say this trend for increased participation started or at least is most generally pushed forward because it's fan driven or you know like end user driven or do you think it it's more industry driven i you know i guess to clarify a little more would you say it's the end user and their expectations and what they want out of the experience that is forcing the industry to add new technology and new solutions or do you think it's the industry wanting to play with new technology and solutions and be more creative that's then setting a new expectation for the end user i think everybody in the industry is an end user yeah, I think with that in mind, if, if I had a great immersive experience in something, my next thought is going to be, how do I bring this to a, my company's show? Mm -hmm. So that's literally how we see that kind of inspiration happening. So very definitely end users are driving all of this. Uh, the fact that I don't think a, one of us can spend 10 minutes without looking at our phones. You're talking gives to us the, the worst abuser of that right here. Oh, I yeah. live on my phone. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, I can sit here and I can work on my laptop, but there are still things that I'm diving into my phone for every couple of minutes. So given that, that we are prepared now to not just look at one big screen, but I've also got my pad here that's getting something else and I've got my phone for more data, you know. We are consumers of data, and we're voracious about it. So I think that's what's driving this. So it's really interesting that I, I think the whole world has kind of come to the consensus that people aren't going to get off their phones for live events. You know, I think for a long time um, it was put your phones away, you know, be in the moment. Uh, you know, we want to share this experience with you. Like, oh, make sure you silence your cell phones, everything. Like, that still exists. But now people are doing the opposite. It's like, okay, how can we engage people on their phones? Mm -hmm. We know they're probably going to be on Twitter halfway through the presentation. How do we keep them off Twitter by actually keeping them on their phone in a different way? So tell me a little bit about how that multi-screen approach has changed the uh, live event experience and what are some applications that you've seen really work? When we talk about innovation mm -hmm. and the fact that Alford Media has people on staff to do that, uh, our director of innovation, uh, Dave Puzer, came up with a brilliant idea regarding that. Um, any number of times during corporate presentations involving slides, he saw this sort of activity going on. A hundred hands in the air with their phones up taking pictures yep. of the slides that they wanted to carry back after the show. I mean, I was doing the same just to try and tweet them out on our MarketScale accounts when I 
go to shows. You know, I mean, from the journalist to the person that's just interested in what they see on there. Yeah, I mean, I I totally speak to that. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So what Dave developed, or he's in the process of developing, is something that we at this point are calling SlideMark. And this device will actually allow you, or it's an app, essentially. It will allow you to go ahead and, you know, select the various slides that you want. Wow. So without having to do this Mm -hmm. and block everybody else's view, you're now selecting the slides that you want because you're engaged via, it's uh, an app that is driven through your browser. Interesting. Um, So... You call that up, you select your slides, and they'll be emailed to you. So the really nice thing about this is that instead of lifting that phone in the air and blocking the view of others, you are actually selecting the slides as you see them to save. They are then emailed to you after the event. So I like that technology a lot. It's super useful. Um, Are you seeing any other applications that are very much focused on the in the moment engagement, right? So whether that's, okay, get your phone out to now take the survey or get your phone out to now go to this website and tell me what you see, right? Like, are you seeing the entire experience focus more around, let's whip those phones out and make them part of the of the entire presentation? Exactly. I yeah. think one of the first applications involving people's individual phones was just simple audience response. Right. Uh, that worked out very well for a, for a lot of companies and a lot of apps. Uh, we're also getting more you know live questionnaire type situations. Go here to answer these questions. You know, let us know what you think about this. Yeah, um, that's been happening a lot. Uh, this kind of walks us into augmented reality. Yeah, uh, and I guess probably the best example that I can think of for everybody is Pokemon Go, and that <laughs> everybody was using their phones yeah. to play Pokemon Go. Uh, it's the same sort of uh, approach in that r- creative producers may be able to come up with certain ideas about look around the room to find this point, you know, uh, this data point, or look here for this. You know, you go here and you can actually get this file or or this particular uh, presentation, I want to say ping, Mm -hmm. uh, that does a couple of things. First off, it will give the end user an opportunity to grab something else, some piece of digital swag uh, from the show. But it also gives the presenter a little bit of analytic data to look at. Right. to see who followed, who really got this information. I think the analytics portion of it is maybe one of the most powerful portions of it. Uh-huh. Um, if you engage your audience correctly on their mobile devices, think of the potential data you could pull on that and what kind of actionable decisions you can make for the next show. Exactly. Right. Okay, we tried this piece of content. Literally 2% of people out there actually engaged with it. So uh-huh. maybe we didn't do it right. Maybe we just didn't pitch it right you know we need to uh, hype it up a little more in our presentation or uh, maybe it just wasn't really that fun we need to try something else Um, what is one example of really actionable insight that Alford has taken um, based on some of the data that they've gathered from their shows or maybe from a client decided okay for our next one we want to try something different because of the data we gathered from the show I've got one client in particular who lives and dies by their analytics. Yeah. They, as a matter of fact, they are a software developer and they do a lot of analytics development. Um, they have intensive data research during the show, after the show, and during my conversations with them as we do postmortems on the show, 
they constantly are throwing out little things like, well, you know, the big LED wall was a real hit. Everybody loved that. But people weren't really crazy about the Pepper's Ghost effect that we did here. Or mm-hmm. people people didn't really like this type of look. So, I mean, they're making real-time decisions based upon that as to what their next show is going to have and what it's not going to have. Right. Uh, that helps us to drive our service toward them. I think another part of our own innovation effort is just coming to rely and develop systems that that give us better analytics on our own customers, our own show events, and how we can better serve our clients. So you mentioned earlier AR and VR being another technology that is helping further this goal of really engaging the fan or the end user of of the conference Mm -hmm. um, or the event. When my mind wanders to AR, VR, obviously the part of it that really stands out is that you're simulating some kind of reality or that you're immersing yourself into a virtual environment, which I think on the surface seems like counterproductive to, okay, we want to engage our end user, our conference goer in that moment, in that event. So, you know, why use a technology that's simulating another event or that's putting them in a different environment? So. Tell me a bit about how those worlds are actually blending together and how you're seeing clients ask for or want to use VR and AR in a way that really does engage that um, experience end user, whether it's at a presentation or whether it's walking the trade show floor. Obviously, we'll start with VR. Obviously, the idea of VR with the complete immersible experience that it presents is also very daunting on a production and and programming side. So we're not seeing that as much yet. Mm -hmm. VR, I think, is a little bit more of a targeted experience in that our customers may wind up saying, come to our trade show booth and see our VR uh, experience right. here, so they get it's them, a cherry on top. It's exactly, right. they get them in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. AR, on the other hand, gives a lot of opportunities to be used not only in the in the general session environment as data touch points, grab points. Um, mm-hmm. You know what what's the word that we use in video bugs? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just for odd little uh, you know moments of curiosity that can occur during the show. Um, I think another area that AR may wind up becoming beneficial to us is if people are seeing this thing on the AR screen uh, that may not be visible on their the main stage, uh, it provides kind of another chapter to that whole show experience, the immersibility that's going on. So I think AR is coming into its own as far as how it's going to be used. I think there are a lot of creative uh, producers out there who will find things that just go beyond my imagination mm-hmm. at this point. But immediately, I I go back to the old Pokemon Go example right. in that this is something that uh, I think uh, Pokemon Go players were always looking for power recharge stations. I didn't play, unfortunately, but they were always looking for places to go get a recharge or, mm-hmm. or to go build. So when you use that kind of thought and you change that to, you know, if you really want this document or if you really want this, you know, this goodie that we want to give you digitally, um, you'll need to find it here in the room. Right. So that sort of thing, you know, adds an element of fun, uh, plus also helps build curiosity. And as I said, every person who goes and finds that goodie, suddenly they have a count 
Right. You know, we have 3,000 people who found the goodie in the room today. That's right. a good point. Right. So it's all very useful information. Uh, in it, it's in its infancy. I think that, uh, again, you know, we'll find more applications for it. Yeah. Well, I think a big point of it, too, is that it just authentically builds interest. And if the people that have fun with that AR, VR experience, then take a picture of it, or tweet about it, or turn it into an Instagram post or something, and they become an ambassador for your company or your brand or the entire show, you just gained free exposure, right? You just gained a, a free way to get your company's name out there, your event's name out there, solidify the the power of your events, right? It all It all plays off of each other and has that domino effect. Absolutely. I think that's a great way of sharing the experience. Yeah. And... I am pretty excited about seeing what I've seen coming out of producers in that particular area. So another thing that I wanted to bring up with you is something that Matt Dietzler actually talked about in a previous backstage pass. Um, But he explained that the digitization of audio networks has presented some new challenges, but mostly improvements in the capabilities of a live event. In what ways are you seeing that improved connectivity directly affect the attendee's experience? Are you seeing the fact that everything is really reaching that ubiquitous um, you know, digital audio network level, right? Every live event is really playing off of that. Are you seeing that enable uh, the client or the offered medias of the world to produce a better or more, more engaging show? I think that's really it. It enables uh, us and our competitors to come out with a far better product. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that the wireless mic structure can now be networked. Uh, All of the audio source material, video source material, all of this that can be networked uh, and shared instantaneously between departments and between different rooms uh, is a huge boon to our clients uh, and to the overall experience. Uh, I'm going to pick on one technology in particular because I have a personal love for it. Uh, that's called MeteorNet. We've been using it for a couple of years now, and the beautiful thing about MeteorNet is that suddenly our clients are no longer limited to finding exactly that right ballroom. Uh, I had a client a couple of years ago who could not put their webcast studio anywhere near the general session. Hmm. Uh, Literally, they were a half a mile away in the same facility. Well, thanks to MeteorNet, basically what we were able to do was run total digital connection between the two, um, literally about 16 different signal channels Hmm. uh, that were running back and forth. This is audio, video, and control. So our engineers who are sitting a half a mile away are controlling cameras. And that's an amazing support feature for our clients. So, Dan, to wrap things up on this topic, um, I think when you think of a better user experience, often you're thinking a more personalized approach, appealing to each of the uh, experience end users as um, you know, trying to give them something that feels unique. Right? They are having their version of the event and no one else is having their version of the event. It's very personalized. Though I think it's tough to appeal to the individual uh, or even to the dynamic nature of a live event when it is so large or you know, you're dealing with a show like Infocom or CES or something, right? You're building out the presentations and everything for that. How is technology like automation, control, IoT, how is that 
making it simpler and really encouraging this fan engagement trend in the live show environment and helping make this event more personal, right? And create those personal experiences for people. I think it permits any end user to go into that room and take what is being presented at any level they so choose. You can go and be the casual listener and sit in the room and, and enjoy the audio and the presentation, or you can dive in for that information. Uh, if there's information being offered on a sidebar via your phone or via AR or anything like that, and if you're so compelled, you can dive in and you can do that. Um, obviously, you're sitting there and you're, you're going out online just looking at sources that are being mentioned during the presentation. So my belief at that point is that literally what we're doing is we're enabling any attendee to go in and dive as deep as they want into any particular topic that is being presented. And then what do you think clients are going to ask for moving forward uh, when they approach Alford Media for a show? and they want to really maximize their fan engagement. What do you think, you know, based on all the experiences, based on how the technology has changed and the culture around engaging your end user has changed, what do you think clients are gonna continue to ask for? Or what do you think they're gonna start asking for that maybe um, you know, they haven't asked for yet? I think the connectivity support, the analytics, mm -hmm. uh, obviously uh, anything that is going to help them get that particular message out. So uh, our AR support, uh, will definitely be something that I see coming up a lot more. VR to a limited extent, as I said. Uh, I think literally any any way that a creative mind in our producer client cadre uh, can come up with a notion for the use of the technology will be requested, and we will be there for that. Well, Dan, it was a pleasure getting to chat with you again on Backstage Pass. This is your second episode now. We're going to need to bring you on for a third and a fourth because your your depth of knowledge seems limitless. So I'm excited to continue our conversations and to get more insights on different topics either within Alford or outside of the industry or just general trends within Pro-AV. So Dan, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. This is great. Thank you. It's always a lot of fun to be here. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Backstage Pass with Alford Media. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, you can head to alfordmedia.com or you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.